Well, here we go again. Here we go again, watching Jesus go up to Jerusalem on a donkey, surrounded by a crowd shouting praise and exaltation. Here we go again, knowing that in a few short days, less than the span of a week, that same crowd will shout insults and mockery. The story of Palm Sunday is joyous and triumphant, but every time I encounter it, I'm filled with dread. It feels like we're watching a horror movie. I want to shout at the screen for the character not to open the door. Turn around and ride your borrowed donkey out of town, Jesus. They are going to kill you. But Jesus cannot turn his back on Jerusalem. Jesus must press on, knowing that every step is a step closer to his betrayal. Every breath he takes, a breath closer to his last. But... It is not merely faithfulness to God or loyalty to the prophets that propels him forward. Jesus persists out of a profound empathy and deep compassion for the people he came to save. Now the traditional gospel reading for Palm Sunday stops at verse 40. The traditional gospel reading for Palm Sunday does not include an image of a sobbing Savior. But keep reading and you find Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, shedding tears of anguish. The King who comes in the name of the Lord is grief-stricken by the suffering of his people and heartbroken that their unfaithfulness will mean that he, too, will suffer greatly. So to me, the image of a sobbing Savior is every bit as emblematic of Palm Sunday as the image of the peasant king sitting side-saddle on a donkey. Most people expected a more respectable Savior to enter the gates of the city. They wanted a warrior king to charge through the streets of Jerusalem on horseback, sending the Romans back to Rome where they belonged, dead or alive. After all, God had provided their ancestors with King David, who led the Israelites with fearsome force and mighty power. But the prophecy Jesus was aiming to fulfill called for war to be quelled, not escalated. Riding a colt into Jerusalem was a clarion call for peace, a peace the people would reject. And so Jesus wept. 
I love that Jesus wept. Not in a mean, I'm so happy, he's miserable kind of way. It just makes so much sense to me that Jesus weeps. I'm a crier. Anxiety, sadness, frustration, pain, they each fill my eyes with tears. In my original sermon manuscript, right here, I was going to confess to crying four times in the past week, but then I watched an episode of Call the Midwife and doubled the previous count. Sometimes I really, really, really wish my emotions didn't end up streaked all over my cheeks. I vividly remember the first time I ever cried in worship. I was 25 years old, a solo pastor, desperate to be taken seriously. A well-meaning member of my church in California brought up that we had recently learned our dog was dying. She brought it up during joys and concerns, meaning well. I crumpled into the front pew and wept. I cried for my dog, and I cried because I was crying. It wasn't the first time, and it won't be the last time, that I have cried because I was crying. It was all I could do to take a deep breath, accept the handkerchief and empathetic looks, and step into the pulpit to preach. So yes, I love that Jesus weeps. Those tears make me feel less alone. Those tears make me feel like God understands. Those tears are incarnation to me. But even more critically, I love that those tears show the depths of Jesus's heart and, therefore, the depth of God's heart. For what we see in Jesus Christ is ever and always a reflection of who God is. You might say he, Jesus is a chip off the old block. So it turns out that God is as compassionate and tender-hearted as they come. Not everyone likes a weeping Jesus. Not everyone can abide by a Christ who cries. Several years ago, a pastor who modeled himself after a sort of shock jock image proclaimed this. He said, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is a prize fighter with a tattoo down his leg, a sword in his hand, and a commitment to make someone bleed. That is the guy I can worship. I cannot worship the hippie diaper halo Christ because I cannot worship a guy I can beat up. Sorry. I cannot worship a guy I can beat up. If we listen closely, I suspect we can hear the sound of muffled cries from heaven as Jesus continues to weep for a world that just does not get it, a world that continues to be oblivious to the things that make for peace. Our friends at Gilead Church in the city, a new congregation affiliated with our denomination, sent a note out to their members and friends this week, inviting people to their Palm Sunday celebration this evening. 
The invitation included a moving reflection from one of their pastors. She wrote, every few decades, muscular Jesus makes a cultural resurgence. It's as though people are looking for a Jesus they can be proud of. Not some nerd alert who, sure, was fun at parties, but could also be a pedant. You've heard it said, but actually, and a wimp, turn the other cheek. This yearning for a stronger Jesus is deeply rooted in misogyny, but it's also rooted in our culture-wide sense that failure is not an option. Deeper than that, it may come from a place of fear or revulsion. Well, to all those Christians yearning for a less embarrassing God, too bad. This is the one we've got. For everybody else, it's good news. It is very theologically appropriate we are hearing the sound of crying right now. Just, so thank you. I mean, I'm sorry, but thank you. Luke tells us that the disciples praised God joyfully for all the deeds of power they had seen. But the power perfected in Jesus Christ, it is not the power of wealth, not the power of fame, not the power of force. The power perfected in Jesus Christ is the power of vulnerability, of humility, of sacrificial love. By all appearances, the story of Holy Week is a story of abject failure. They are going to kill him. We worship a Christ who cries and a Christ who dies. But, spoiler alert, death will not have the final word. As the clouds roll through this biblical sky, slowly but surely transforming the royal parade into a funeral march, we can fill in the ancient word that Luke left out of the story. Hosanna. We can lift up a chorus of sweet hosannas, welcoming Jesus into our hearts. Hosanna is the right word, maybe even the only word to welcome him in the fullness of who he is. As I said to the children, it is both an uncontainable cry of praise and an uncontainable cry for help. Just the thing to say to our humble and holy Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna.